Lord, I just thank you so much that we could come together, that you have brought us together, that we're in this body together as women who love you. And Lord, I just thank you that we can link arms, do this life together, that we can seek your face tonight and receive what good things you have for us tonight. So Lord, I pray that my words would would be your words, my thoughts would be your thoughts, and everything that you've placed on my heart tonight would come through in the name of Jesus. Amen. So it's fun to see some new faces tonight and ones that have come faithful and true, so I'm just really glad that we could all get together tonight. Last month, I did something new. I kind of did a skit up front. We had some lamps up here, and we were talking about how God turns things that are not into things that are and how he wants to fill us. The first one was a striving lamp, and that was the sign that it wore. The second one was insecure. The third one was rejected. The fourth one was abused. And the last one was forgotten. And how God turns each thing around. So when we talked about how he takes our striving nature away and fills us up with his good things so that we can be a light to the world, and then the Lord turns it around. So now we're not striving. We're childlike. Now we're not insecure. We're confident. Now we're not rejected. We're accepted. Now we're not abused, but we're redeemed. And now we're not forgotten. We know that we're treasured. And if any of you were here last month, many of you know that my middle beautiful one there, the beehive lamp, she started on fire and not in a good way. (laughs) Not in a good way. So when we're doing worship, I'm praying with a friend, and and all of a sudden I smell something. (laughs) And I'm like, oh! Because what happened is this lamp was used at the turn of the century before the filament for the light bulb had been invented. So the filament in the middle lamp, you light the wick and you turn it down really low. And the filament has to warm up for 10 minutes before you turn it up or it will actually start on fire. So I thought the slow-burning lamp had gone long enough, and I'm like, shine, baby, shine, all excited about it. And I lit that thing up high, and I went to go do worship, and sure enough, it started on fire. Then I realized, oh, I had a slideshow that I was going to do. Oh my gosh, I forgot all about it. And I'm back there with Trinette going, should I do it in the middle of a song? When should I do this? And I'm like, and then the self-loathing came in. It's like, oh my gosh. It's like, this church stinks. They're going to have to fumigate it. It's all my fault. Poor Pastor Mike has to come and open all the windows the next day. By the time that night came, I had felt so low that I had failed God. I was literally having a thought that would come in my, in my mind, and I would slap myself. And I'm like, I have not had this self-loathing. Have you ever felt that way? Where you do something, you just blow it. Blow it big time. Dang it, I wanted to do so much better. Or I wish I wouldn't have lost it with the kids. Or I wish I would have treated that coworker better. Whatever it is, you have this expectation of how a good Christian woman should act. And then you fall in the mud right before you get there. That's kind of how I felt that night. So I felt like I did a belly flop at the Olympics. Basically, I came here and I was like, I tried really hard, God, but... Yay, bonsai, there's Amy. And I know a lot of you have said God met you and he spoke to you and that's really great. And, but you know how you have your own idea of what you want to perform and how you want to do something just excellent, A-plus thing? And so when I felt like I had a belly flop, then the Lord reminded me, Amy, you've got that torch and you're striving. I'm like, here I'm talking about letting go of striving and being filled with the goodness of God. And here I'm holding my torch going, dang it, I failed. Look at my performance. And it was so hard, I literally did not want to come back and do women's group ever again. I don't want to ever talk to ever again and don't ever. 
And I was so upset with myself. It was like black and white. And I know my mother and the Lord is like, Amy, you're so black and white. There's just no gray with you. It's okay to be a child in the Lord. It's okay to give yourself grace. And I have been walking in grace for a long time. I got saved in the year 2000. But it's really hard when you're born and raised to just do it. To be that Nike Christianity that just does it. You pull up your bootstraps to do it. Now, God knows our heart's desires, doesn't he? He knows we want to shine for Jesus, and I'm over here with my handmade torch. Yay, I totally blew it. You know, he knows our heart's desire is to be a light on top of a hill, right? We all want that. We want the fruit of the Spirit. We want to walk in peace and love and kindness. And comes out of us. We feel like we fall short. But the Lord says in Hebrews 4.16, let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God, There we will receive his mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Now, I don't know if you're like me, ladies, but that night I did not want to go boldly to the throne. I wanted to eat a lot of stuff that night. I wanted to hide. I didn't want to talk to anybody. I had self-loathing. I just was in this cycle of almost like a purgatory, like I should have done better. I could have done that. I should have done better. I could have done that. Have you ever walked in that before? Are you like me, where you walk in that shame and condemnation? Now, I didn't want to come boldly before the throne of God. Now, if I look like this woman, maybe I would, because she's like, aha! But see, if you're like me, it's been a long winter, and this would be me, okay? I come as is. This is what you're getting, Jesus. The hairy legs, the hairy pits. Do not come near me. I might offend, right? Because when you feel like you've missed the mark, this is what you feel like you're going boldly before the throne of God. We want to be beautiful. We don't want to look like this hairy mongrel that has hibernated all winter long in Minnesota. If we turn the next... If you only knew, Jesus, what I am preventing you from smelling, you'd be thankful I don't run into the throne of grace. You would have to smell what I have. And what this makes us feel is, I want to hide from my friends. I don't want to talk to anybody. I don't want to be close to God because there's this place of hiding that we put ourselves in when we look at our own performance and we feel like we just can't measure up. Everything we do is wrong. Now, (laughs) here's a little girl with gum in her hair, and it says, I found my gum! Huh? Okay, because when we sin or when we fall short of the glory or when we have expectations that are not met, (laughs) we feel like there's gum in our hair. So not only are my pits really hairy and stinky, I have gum in my hair, spiritually speaking. But who is the one that shows us? Because isn't it just like the enemy (laughs) where he is in this? Because he loves to point it out. (laughs) When's the last time you shaved? (laughs) Well, it's been a while. (laughs) When's the last time you put on deodorant? Look at that gum. I know exactly where you laid in that. And he points it out, and it's like he's doing the lukakaracha, lukakaracha, look at what you did, look at what you did. And he's constantly dancing on it and pointing out your sin and making you feel like a schmuck. And if you live in this place of condemnation, You can't just do it. It's almost impossible to pull up your bootstraps and get out of this point when you look at your own condition and and feel wretched. So when you're looking at the storms of life and when you're looking inside or at the gum in your spiritual hair, it's hard when you're in this mindset of how do I, how do I, you think, how am I ever going to come boldly before the throne of God? How am I ever going to get this gum out of my hair? 
It won't come out no matter what I do. I can't get this to come out. How am I going to shave to look presentable before the king of kings? I want to be beautiful, beautiful before him. And there seems to be this focus where what can I do to beautify myself? So we get in this cycle sometimes of self-loathing. I'm not talented enough. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not thin enough. I'm not fun enough. I'm not good enough. And pride and self-loathing, they go hand in hand, don't they? Because we look at what we can do and what we can't and how we fail and fall short. And then fear comes in. If they only knew me, they wouldn't like me. If they really knew what was inside of me, they might not like me. So I'm not going to tell them how I feel or what I've done. Because what if they don't love me? What if they reject me? What if they abandon me if they really knew? What if God leaves me? What if God abandoned me? What if he's mad at me? So sometimes the enemy puts this in us, and this is the result. Burdens. And ladies, I know all of us, it's common to man. We lug these around, and we're trying to be Christians, and we carry this burden, and we have these feelings, like the lamps. We have the striving, or we have the insecurity. We have the, the rejection. We have the abandonment issues. We have all these things we're lugging through life that we want to reflect Jesus and we want to be free and we know this isn't good, but we're kind of stuck because it's there. And no matter how we feel, it's still there. So what does the Lord say about all of this? What is his heart for us? Because we know what the enemy wants to do in our life is to get us to a place of utter isolation and shame and condemnation, correct? And we know that in our human thinking, that we would stay there. But the Bible says in Ephesians 2.13, once you were far away from God, but now through the blood of Christ, you have been brought near him. Through the blood of Christ. So even with gum in my hair, even with nasty hairy legs, even with body odor, we have been brought near to God through the blood of Christ because it is Jesus and what he has done on the cross not on our own performance. And we need to remember that as we walk through, that we have been brought near him. We were once far away from God, but now, what are we called? What are we called? Children. We're his children. We're his beloved. That is an identity that we can carry no matter what we do. We will always be his children. So then we learn to walk in grace. And I know, are you like me, where you can give grace to other people, but not so much yourself? He is teaching us how to receive because as much as we think we give it to other people, when we receive this filling up of grace in our lives, we're going to be able to pour it out onto other people even more than we do now. And we'll recognize how, oh, maybe I didn't give grace to that person before. We're going to have more and more fullness of God as we receive his grace. So here's a little child jumping into daddy's arms. How hard is it? to admit dependency when you've had to be strong your whole life. Are you like me? I was my own mother at the age of four because my parents had things that they were suffering through. And we're really close. My mom and I are really close right now, but at the time, it was a tough time to go through. There was a time that I was a little girl. I wasn't even in school yet. My dad was building the house, and I dropped one of those big cement blocks from the basement on my toe, and to this day, it's split as it, as it grows. You can see the crack on the top. But when it fell on my foot, and there's just, it split right open, and there's blood everywhere, 
And I was overwhelmed. The first thing I thought was, I need to get myself a Band-Aid. Never once did I think, I need to find my mom, I need to be comforted, I need to be taken care of. Have you ever had that in your life, where there really wasn't somebody you could go, catch me, or I'm hurting, help me? Or, and if you're like me, it's hard to jump into Daddy God's arms, because how do you do that when nobody really has been there for you before? Will he catch me? Is he strong? Does he want me? Does he love me? And to admit utter dependency means to let go of all of those negative thinking, all of the pride and the self-loathing, and to learn to trust. Yes, he died on the cross for me. Grace means I can go boldly to the throne of grace, and I will choose to trust him. In that place, we grow more and more in childlikeness. We're not meant to be strong. We're meant to be strong in him. We're not meant to be all grown up. We're meant to be little children in him. And this is what he's doing, is restoring our childhood to us. His word is truth. If we truly stand on the word of God and not our emotions, we will not be thrown about so much. So what does the word of God say? Let's find out. God has united you with Christ Jesus. For the benefit of God made him to be wisdom itself. Christ made us right with God. He made us pure and holy and freed us from sin. Therefore, as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. 1 Corinthians 1, 30 through 31. Now look at that first sentence. God has united you with Christ Jesus. Is it a big deal for us to be connected to Jesus? Is that a big deal for him? And the third line, Christ made us right with God. Is that a big deal? Does he want unity, not just with us as women or on this earth, but with him? That's why Jesus died, to have that right standing relationship with the Father. And we don't want it to be something that we become pure and holy. Look, I got the gum out of my hair. Look at how good I am. He doesn't want us to get the glory. He wants Jesus. Let those who boast, boast in the Lord. Look at what God did in my life. Look at what he did. And it gives him the glory then because he frees us from sin. He makes us pure and holy when we have a right relationship with him. So I know I've talked about forgiveness in past talks. The the next month, I'm going to be talking about the process of forgiveness. Christ and his forgiveness is past tense. Because is Jesus up in heaven, like when I make a mistake, and let's say I blow it with my husband, or I blow it with my kids, is Jesus up in heaven making sacrifices because I'm, I'm fouling up again? No. It was paid for once and for all on the cross. It's past tense. So when we go to him and feel like a schmuck and feel like, oh my goodness, Lord, I totally screwed up, he's not surprised because he paid for it already. He's not frustrated with you because he paid for it already. And he's bursting with love to go, this is what I died for. Receive my forgiveness. Receive my grace and everything I paid a high price for you to have. So we can walk in more of the fullness of God. Ephesians 3.17 says, Then Christ will make his home in your heart as you trust him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. May you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. 
May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Is that what we want? Fullness. Life to the full, that's what it is. May you experience the love of Christ. So there's the enemy trying to get me from going into the throne room of grace boldly before the throne of God. And all Jesus wants to do is give me love and comfort me and us as we go through these hard things. If you experience the love of Christ, then you will be made complete with all fullness. It's too great for us to understand So when I'm 80, am I going to have a glimpse, maybe more of a glimpse, but are we ever going to get to the place where our understanding of God's love is, all right, I've arrived? No. So we are going to be receiving his love more and more and more until the fullness when we meet him face to face. What a beautiful tribute when we look like this girl and we come to him and say, I've got gum in my hair. What does that look like from God's perspective? When I first came to the Lord, I had a lot of anger. I had control issues. Those things caused me to be a really bad parent that parented out of fear. I had went away to a retreat, and I told the Lord that I felt like I was screwing up my kids so bad that I would rather be dead and have somebody else raise them. It was a really dark place. I felt like the only thing I had to offer him was a shriveled up, nasty little black Grinch heart. Have you ever felt like that? When you just feel like nothing you have is good, that it's everything is bad. I was so shamed about how I acted and how I was when I wanted to be so much more. I wanted the fullness. I wanted the joy. I wanted the love. And I didn't, I didn't have anything but this nasty little thing to show him. And this verse came when I was reading that night. And I know that it was the Lord because in Isaiah 53:11 it reads when he sees all that is accomplished by his anguish he will be satisfied i had never thought about how this nasty little grinch heart and all the sin the gum in her hair the smelliness was actually satisfying to him because not that he wants us there but because what happens in the process when we offer it to him and we say lord this is all i have to offer you That satisfies him because he's like, all the anguish and all the suffering that I stood and did at the cross has a purchased price. Look it. I'm satisfied because you're receiving the grace and the forgiveness that I already paid for. So the thing that Satan would want to have you carry with you all of your life and make you feel like a wretch because you can't try harder to be better You're coming boldly to my throne and saying, this is all I have, but I love you. I want more. I want what you have for me. I don't want what I have. So we go from the death to the life. We give him the garbage, and he gives us beautiful spiritual blessings. In Ephesians, it talks about every spiritual blessing is ours. What would that look like if we really received it at our worst? At our worst, okay, gum in my hair again. Jesus, you already paid the price. You might as well get satisfied by me taking the goodness and getting rid of it. How wide is God's love? As far as the east is from the west, he never hears or sees it again. It's gone. I don't have to carry that. No wonder he says his burden is light. 
He's my daddy God carrying us, all of us, up where we belong, if we let him. He has more for us than what we have for him. And yet, isn't that funny? That is the most beautiful thing to him because we're offering it to him and it satisfies him because he sees all that is accomplished by his anguish when we give him garbage and he can make us more and more into the image of Christ. This picture is of Amazing Grace. I love old hymns. Amazing Grace is one of my favorites and I'm convinced that if you cannot sing the words to Amazing Grace and know what a wretch you are, you're not saved. Because if you think you're a good person trying to do good things for God and trying to earn his favor through obeying the Ten Commandments, you do not understand his great, tremendous grace for you that is so lavish and so overwhelming, it's better than anything in this world. It satisfies. It makes us whole. It's beautifying. It's energizing. It's exciting. So you get in the process of receiving this great God. I have blind eyes. I can't see what I'm doing here. What does he do? He gives us sight. He's the most generous, loving, wonderful man alive. If we have lame legs and we can't really walk very well in this area, let's say patience, okay? He's working big on patience with me right now. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. I hope for patience. But I'm very like, I want it done. I just want the... Movie wrapped up with the happy ending within an hour and a half, that's me. He's like, oh no, this is a process. But I don't like a process. I just want the, I just want this to happen. I want it now. And so he's working in patience. If I can see myself as a lame person, like I want patience, it's over there and I'm walking toward it. Like I could feel shamed about it or I can feel like, no, he's got more for me, so I'm going to receive it every morning. Thank you, God, for more patience in my life. I gladly receive the spiritual blessing of patience that you are giving to me, not by my own works that I would boast about what I do, but what you have for me, God. And then I can anticipate more good things and focused on the positive and looking in faith-filled eyes instead of through my wretched. You know, when we get in that focus on our own behavior, we only look at the wretched things. But if we look at, I've been set free. Let's claim it. We've been set free. It's no longer us that lives, but Christ that lives within us, right? So we can let that spirit-filled woman of God rise up in us as we trust him. (laughs) We're looking at a picture of a newborn baby being held by a mother, and the verse is Isaiah 66, 13. As a mother comforts her child, so I will comfort you. What area of your life did you come tonight carrying a heavy burden? And what area would the Lord like to be like a mother and comfort you because he wants to release that from you tonight? You don't have to leave carrying it. Whether you feel alone and rejected, what if you got in a fight and you totally blew it? There's so many performance things that we feel like we could fail and we could do things and we fall on our face. Let's go to God boldly tonight just as we are, with the burden that Satan has given us to carry, let's walk boldly into the throne of God. Let's receive every good thing that God has for us tonight because he died for us to have it. It's purchased. There's blessings in heaven we haven't tapped into yet. Let's have them. Let's grab them all and run with them and see the freedom that God has for us. He paid for it. Let's cash it in. It's our inheritance. Lord, I just thank you. I thank you so much for everything. Jesus, that you died 
You died a painful, excruciating death, and you rose again. Nothing is too big for you, God. No sin, no problems, nothing is too big for you. You are bigger than death, and if you can be resurrected from that, you can do that in me and in everyone here. Lord, I thank you way back when, when I had that Grinch heart. You transformed it over and over. I thought I'd never know how to love or what to love or what it was like, and Lord, you taught me one step at a time. You showed me, and therefore I was able to give it, and now there's friendships involved. I thank you for that, Lord, that this is what you have for all of us, is to be connected with you and connected with each other, that we would be real and honest, and that you would beautify us, Jesus, because we want to shine. Thank you, Lord, for being our comforter. Thank you for being everything you are for us and for being our parent. We will learn to trust you. In your name, amen.